Hey folks, uh, before we jump in today, I have a couple of very exciting things that I want to share with you. First of all, next week we are reopening. And so we'll be here at the auditorium and we are so excited uh, to have you come. And I'm looking forward to many of your faces. I've missed you. I love you guys. And so we're looking forward to that. Now, I realize some of you still may not feel very comfortable in doing so, and that's fine. We will continue to show the live stream and you can be a part of that as well. Now, in order to be able to kind of uh, honor the CDC guidelines and what we've gotten from the governor and also to practice social distancing, we're actually going to have three celebrations. There'll be one at 8.30, one at 10, and one at 11.30. And so we want to encourage you to come, and we're going to give a safe kind of place for you to be at. We'll have about 118 to 130 kind of seats. So that's why we're having more celebrations. And uh, we want to encourage you, if you wouldn't mind, coming about 15 minutes earlier or so, that would help out tremendously. Uh, also, uh, this will be a family-style kind of worship. So we're going to be inviting you to bring your kids. And uh, I know both of my girls are really excited uh, to be a part of that. And as you come, uh, you can uh, pick up an activity book kind of that we have for the kids that will be safe for them to kind of enjoy. Or you can also bring a device. This is the one time you can bring devices to make sure they have headphones, okay? We don't want it going off in church, and so uh, you can do that as well. I'm sure they'll be fine with the music, but when it gets to my teaching, hey, it might be a little boring, so I get it. They may need to listen to something. Also, in order to make sure that we're healthy, uh, what we've learned from so many other churches is that reserve seating will be extremely helpful. And so we have created a program that you can go online to actually reserve your seats. And uh, you can do that for any of the three celebrations. Uh, and you can follow the link uh, your chat room host will kind of provide for you. So I'm really looking forward to the reopening next week, and uh, I hope that many of you will do your reserve seating, show up a little early, and that'd be great. The second kind of exciting news that we have is that we have hired our first ever executive pastor. Uh, his name is Tom Krasick, and he's from Michigan. Don't hold that him against him, okay? He'll become a Hoosier. Uh, but we are really excited to have Tom come. Uh, he brings many different skill sets to kind of execute things uh, forward for the vision of JAR 2.0. He and his wife Stacy and their family uh, will actually be here uh, starting on July 12th. And uh, we will look forward to sharing more information with you on Thursday when I send out my weekly kind of video. Uh, well, God is moving, folks, in some exciting ways. We've seen him do that in such an incredible way. And we know he's going to continue to be faithful as we go forward to our reopening. And before we jump into the teaching right now, I'd invite you to simply pray with me. Let's pray. Well, loving God, we thank you so much for how faithful you've been to us through this pandemic, that you have helped us through this crisis, God. We thank you also that in the midst of so much social injustice taking place, so much racial injustice taking place, that God, you are still in control, that you are working in ways that we can't see, and we pray, God, for your healing upon our nation. 
God, thank you for helping to impact so many lives uh, during this streaming time. Be with us next week as we reopen, God, and we meet in this auditorium again. God, would you keep us healthy and safe? Help us to be wise. Help us to love our neighbors. Help us to put other people's needs above our own. And right now, God, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would teach us, that you would show to us right now exactly the seat where you want us to sit in this thing called life so that your name would be made great. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to begin this morning with this question. How do you pick where you sit? Uh, just strategically, how, how do you pick where you sit? I mean, when you walk into a room, where do you choose to sit? Do you kind of, you know, choose to sit in the front? Do you choose to sit in the back? Do you choose to sit on an aisle? If you're a parent, uh, you know, typically we always want to know where to sit because we do it strategically. So if our kids start acting like a fool, we know exactly where the exit is to get out of them. Uh, when it comes to a concert, uh, where do you sit? Uh, many people like to sit in the very front rows because then the sweat of the performers like flies on you. You're like, yeah, dude, yeah, rock on, man, you know, and you want to sit in the front. Now, you never want to sit in the front when it comes to church because if you sit in the front when it comes to church, you will actually get spit upon, you know. So next week, you know, uh, don't get upset if you get seated in the front, but you just might get spit upon. And, uh, you know, the, the truth is, folks, wherever we're at, uh, we are very strategic when it comes to where we sit. So real quick, whatever room you're in, if you would, just raise your hand uh, if you are strategic when it comes to where you sit. Everybody in Albany, Yorktown, Delaware County, Madison County, raise your hand. Go ahead. Uh, we see you. Okay, we see you. You know, the truth is, folks, I think all of us are strategic when it comes to where we sit, because where you're where you sit, it really matters. Um, and I want to talk about that this morning. Where do you sit? Because you need to watch where you sit. Now, the truth is, is that some of us don't think about that. When it comes to our spiritual life, but when it comes to an event, like I said before, we think about it all the time. And so I want to talk today about where it is that you sit. Now, I don't really care so much where your rear end sits. OK, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But what I want to talk about this morning is where is your soul sitting? And that kind of leads us to our uh, kind of big question that I have for you this morning. And it's this. Where is your soul sitting? Right now in your life, where is your soul sitting? Now, when it comes to sitting, there are basically kind of two aspects to sitting. One is the place where you sit, and the second one is the actual reason why you sit there. 
Um, maybe you choose to come to a seat and you sit there because you're tired and you're worn out and you need a place to sit. Uh, maybe for others of you, you're hurting and so you choose to sit in a particular place. Uh, you know, throughout Scripture, it's very interesting that uh, people, when they sit in certain places, and I've looked at it throughout Scripture, there's many reasons why they choose to do that, and it can become very symbolic. Uh, it's very interesting to see where it is that people sit. Today, we're going to look at a, a story about a guy by the name of Elijah. It's a story in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And it's very intriguing that where he sits, how it affects his life. Now, let me give you a little bit of background on Elijah leading up to our story today. Uh, Elijah was a prophet. In other words, he was kind of a pastor of his day. He actually spoke on behalf of God. And he was the most famous of all of Israel's prophets. And he had a very personal and close relationship with God. Uh, one day he was representing God and there was this showdown between Elijah and the priest of Baal. Now, Baal was an idol god. It was just a wooden iron god. It, it was not uh, the true god of the Bible. But the problem was, is that the king and the queen of Israel, a guy by the name of Ahab and Jezebel, uh, actually started moving away from the one true God because they wanted their own way. That's usually why you and I move from, away from God, too, because we went our way rather than God's. And so they start moving away from God and they start worshiping Baal. And they finally come up with this plan to get all of Israel to kind of worship this one true God that they had that was Baal. And it kind of broke down, though, um, because God of the Bible, the God of the Bible actually shows up. And here's kind of the test that they have. They take an offering, an animal offering, they place it on an altar and they say, whoever is the one true God will send fire from heaven to kind of light up the offering. And so all of the priests, the Baal, all day, they're like, Baal, 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 and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, Elijah, the prophet, he comes and he goes, hey, God, could you send some fire? And it's like, bam! And it like blows up and this offering all of a sudden is on fire, but it also catches on fire the offering of the priest of Baal. And when this happens, everyone's like, well, it's obvious that, you know, Elijah has the one true God, but Jezebel, the queen, gets so angry and mad at this, and she vowed to kill Elijah. And so now Elijah is on the run. Uh, he is, you know, Israel's most wanted and he's taking off. And this is where we come to the story in first Kings chapter 19, verse three. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servants there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Then watch this, folks, watch this. He came to a broom bush, sat down, and then notice where he sat. He sat under it, and he prayed 
that he might die. Now here, Elijah is not only sitting physically in this place, but he's sitting there emotionally as well. It's not just that his body's sitting there, but actually his soul is sitting there. And do you remember in the passage of Scripture, um, what is it that brought him to that place? Do you remember what the word was? All of you in Yorktown, what's the word? It is fear. It is fear that brought him to that place. Now, the other question we need to ask is where is he sitting? It's under a broom bush. Now, that's kind of a weird thing. I, I was thinking about it this week. I was like, you know, over the past uh, few weeks as I've been working on this, like, what is a broom bush? So I did some research for you, okay, for your benefit, and this is what I found. That a broom bush actually grows in a desert. It's a shrub. It grows about 4 to 12 feet high, and it kind of has these straight branches, but really, really small little leaves. Now, there are a couple of things that I want you to know about broom bushes uh, today, and kind of symbolically what they mean for what we're talking about when we ask the question, uh, you know, where are you sitting? Where is your soul sitting? First of all, this. Broom bushes grow in dry places. Broom bushes grow in dry places. Uh, like I said earlier, they are desert bushes. Now, let me say this, folks. When you find yourselves emotionally depressed, emotionally hurting, emotionally in pain, when you find yourself kind of emotionally kind of charged, thinking to yourself that I'm not good enough, or you start feeling sorry for yourself, then maybe, just maybe, you are in a dry place spiritually. Because those emotions of depression, sadness, hurting, they always tend to rise up when we are in dry places. They work always best there. Now, the second thing that you need to know about a broom bush is this, is that broom bushes produced a bitter root. They produced a bitter root. Now, these roots were edible. You could eat them, but no one would ever want to. I mean, you wouldn't be driving around and be like, man, I wish I had me some broom bush to eat. You know, or, hey, let's go to the restaurant and let's take a carry out of some broom bush because it was so bitter that it just would be horrible to kind of taste. I mean, and the only reason you would ever eat the root of a broom bush is if you were on your deathbed or you were so hungry and you were starving that that's the only thing you could eat. I mean, it would help you survive, folks, but it would never give you nutrients to actually grow. Now, this is what I want to say. If your soul sits in the wrong place, you will begin to eat a bitter root. It's true. 
If your soul sits in the wrong place, it will cause you to eat a bitter root. If someone betrays you, if someone harms you, if someone hurts you, and you choose to just kind of sit in unforgiveness, eventually what that will do is it will create bitterness for you to eat. But I want you to know that God has created you to eat something so much better. I mean, bitterness is edible. You can eat bitterness, eat the bitterness, but it's really not God's plan for you, and you shouldn't eat from it. So I want you to know, be careful, folks. Be very, very careful where you sit. You know, what's interesting is that Elijah was actually running from Jezebel and he was running to fear. And when he got this fear in his life, he went to a dry place and he started eating bitterness and it bound him together. You see, folks, one of the things that you need to realize is where you choose to sit is really important. And he chose to sit somewhere where he never should have sat to begin with. Now, folks, all of us have the ability, whether Christian or non-Christian, but let me talk to all of you Christians right now, is that all of you have the ability to choose where you sit every day. Actually, everybody does. Every single person, you choose where you sit. Let me kind of just show you uh, some comparison uh, in the Bible. In our passage today, it says this. Elijah came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. Now, here you have Elijah. He's sitting under it, and he's praying that he would die. Fear brought him to that place. Now, let me show you uh, something else, a, a different place where a person sat. It's in the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the word wow and uh, how the resurrection was the biggest wow moment of the history of our world. And we learned that when uh, the resurrection day came on Sunday, it was the women. The women were the first ones to the tomb, the women disciples. And when they came to see where Jesus was laid, this is what it says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. Now, this is what I find that's interesting. The angel actually doesn't sing a single word, but he gives us a teaching in that moment. He doesn't say a word, but look at where he sits. Uh, Elijah sat under it. Where where does the angel sit? All of you who are from other states, where's the angel sitting? It says he sits on top of the stone. You see, folks, Elijah came and he sat underneath the broom bush. 
the angel came and he sat on top of the stone. One sat under it, the other one sat on top of it. Now it's very subtle, but it's different. And the question is, where are you sitting today? When it comes to your soul, where are you sitting today? Are you under it? Are you under something right now? Or are you sitting on top of something? Now, you might not realize this, but I went to seminary and I learned the Greek word for under it. Do you know what it is? Under it. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I got all this education and this is what I know. Under it in this passage, you know what it means? Under it. Now, something that's very interesting, though, is when we look at the word on it in that passage in Matthew, the word on it comes from the Greek word apano, which means above, beyond, and I like this one most of all, more than, more than. Now, for some of you right now, you're sitting like this. You're slouching over, you're watching me. Sometimes I'm a sloucher. I I just sit like this. But kind of a weird question I want to ask you this morning, and it's this. Um, How do you think the angel sat on the stone? Do you think he sat kind of like this? Um, Or uh, do you think he sat a different way? I kind of imagine the angel kind of sitting like this and... From his persona, as he's sitting, he's like, how you doing? Like, how you doing? You know? And uh, that's kind of it, like this attitude of how you doing. And so the question becomes, what is he sitting on? What is it that the angel is actually sitting on? Well, the angel is sitting on the very thing that the devil tried to stop Jesus with. The angel is actually sitting on the very thing that he tried to stop Jesus with. And the angel says, I'm going to sit on this thing and I don't care what you say. The angel sat with an attitude. Now, let me ask you this question right now. What has the devil rolled into your life to prevent you from doing something? What is it, what stone has the devil rolled in front of your life to stop you from doing something? Is it a marriage issue? You're struggling with your marriage right now. You know it. Is it financial? Is it a parenting issue? Is it this whole kind of racial injustice thing? And all of a sudden you started to realize, man, there's been a stone of prejudice that's been in front of me that I didn't know. What is it that the devil has rolled in front of you to try to stop you? Are you questioning your self-worth? Are you questioning your call? Are you questioning your faith today? You know, folks, We have a big choice that we need to make every single day when it comes to life. And it's kind of our big idea this morning. And it's this. You can either sit under your circumstances or you can sit on them. 
but you can't do both. You can either sit under your circumstances or you can sit on them, but you can't do both. Folks, this is what I know. Wherever it is that you choose to sit, it doesn't just impact you, it impacts the people around you. Where I choose to sit as a husband, it affects my marriage. Where I choose to sit as a father, it affects my children. Where I choose to sit as a pastor, it affects the staff. It affects all of you. And so this is simply what I want to say. It's very, very important to remember and to watch where you sit. Watch where you sit. Because it not only affects you, it affects the people around you. Now, how... Can we do this? How can we be conscious of where we sit? Well, Scripture kind of gives us some places and kind of how to do plan of how to to choose where you sit. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says this. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So how is it that we do that? Here it is. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Now watch how powerful this is. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Have you ever thought about it before? That Jesus really wasn't looking forward to the cross? I mean, I don't think Jesus was like, oh, man, I can't wait to go to the cross. No, you know what the scripture says? It says he endured it. He endured it. And he tells us how he endured it. Uh, How did he endure the cross? It says for the joy that was set before him. It was the joy that he could see on the other side that he set before him. Uh, You see, he was able to look past whatever the struggle, whatever people were doing in front of him. And he realized that he could be seated on the other side of the cross. And then watch what happens. Look how the scripture continues. It says this. It says, it scorned its shame, that is the cross, and sat down. He, he, Jesus scorned the shame of the cross, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So here's the principle. Here's the principle. When you're on your way from school, or you're on your way from work, for those of you that are working, you're on your way from work, and you're, and you're driving, you have had a horrible day. And as you're getting closer, you begin to start thinking to yourself, I'm going to make a choice. So as bad as it was at work, when I walk through this store, I am not going to take out that emotion on my spouse. Before I walk through this store, I'm choosing that I'm not going to take that emotion out on my children. I'm going to seat that emotion in its right place. When someone wrongs me, And I have every opportunity and every right to get back at them. 
And I could do that. I'm going to choose to forgive them. I'm going to choose to sit on top of that emotion. I'm not going to sit under it. I'm going to sit on top of it. And I'm going to sit on top of it and rise above it because I know that God has something greater for me. So watch where you sit. Watch where you sit. Watch where you sit. And this kind of leads us to our big news. We've had a big question and kind of our big idea. Now the big news that I want to share with you, it's the best news that you can even imagine. And here it is. A seat has been saved for you. There has been a seat that has been saved for you. Several years ago, BK, uh, before kids, uh, my wife Jennifer got some tickets from a pharmaceutical rep. This was when she was a resident, and they kind of tried to lure the residents to, you know, use uh, their particular products. And so uh, we got two tickets to a Pacers and Pistons game. And uh, when we got there, they actually said, oh, these are tickets to a suite. And I was like, a suite? I mean, I have never been to a suite before. I can't hardly wait. And so uh, we get these tickets to this suite and we get there and there's all this food around there. And they said, hey, you know, have at it. And I like piled up this big old plate and I'm eating. My face is full. And all of a sudden my wife's kind of giving me one of those looks, you know, one of those looks that a wife can give like, slow down, boy, just slow down. And so the first quarter kind of ended and then a guy stood up. Uh, who was one of the reps, and he said, hey, I've got two tickets for any of you that would want to go down to a, a lower seat. We have some seats that are closer, and, uh, you know, no one said anything, and after three seconds, <laughs> I raised my hand. I'm like, hey, we'll take them, and again, my face is what. My wife's face is just like red and she's like, oh my gosh. And so uh, we go ahead and the guy comes. He, she couldn't yell at me because he handed me the tickets. And so we go to the aisle uh, where the tickets were and we give the tickets to the usher and the usher starts taking us down to our seat. And we keep going down further and further. And I'm looking around. I'm like, these people have paid hundreds of dollars for their seat. And they take us down all the way to the actual kind of, you know, court side. And they walk us up to a seat right here. And it's a seat beside the opposing bench. I'm like right beside a player and I'll never forget because my seat was here and the seat right beside me was Brian Cardinal who uh, used to be uh, a Purdue basketball player and he p- played for the Pistons. And the guy goes, here's your seat. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, are you sure? Is this our seat? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, are you positive? He's like, would you please sit down? I'm like, Jen, look, I, I can't believe it. And we never sat down because I started thinking to myself, I don't belong here. Chris Bunch doesn't belong at this seat. I mean, you know, I didn't pay for it. I mean, think about that. I, I didn't pay for that seat. They just let me sit there. And People who had paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to get their season tickets. I just kind of strolled on down and they sat me courtside right by the opposing players. I mean, I didn't pay for it. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. There was nothing that made sense to me whatsoever that I would have received that. And yet, that's where They sat me. 
Folks, what I experienced in that moment is something that many of you experience regularly, and that is I'm not worth sitting on the front row. I'm not worth sitting in this place. Because you look at your past and you look at your guilt or your shame or your regrets, you look up your flub-ups, your mess-ups, your screw-ups, and you say, you know what, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of this. You know, unfortunately, many of us, even those of us who are Christ followers and we're trying to follow Jesus the best way we know how, spend the majority of our time sitting in the back row. When it comes to serving, we're like, someone else can do it, I'll sit in the back row. When it comes to ministry, I'll sit in the back row. When it comes to my faith, I'll sit in the back row. When it comes to sharing my faith, I'll sit in the back row. When it comes to growing in God, I'll sit in the back row. You see, the truth of the matter, folks, is this. When it comes to life in Christ, you didn't buy your ticket. When it comes to life in Christ, you didn't buy your ticket. You don't deserve it. You shouldn't belong there. The truth is, I don't belong in the front seat. But do you know why I can sit in the front row? Because the guy upstairs who was sitting in the suite said, hey, I have two tickets for you and you can go down to the front row. And do you know the reason why you're able to sit in the front seat is because there was one day in which God said, I'm leaving upstairs to come downstairs in the form of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And he said, I'll die on the cross for you so that you can sit in your proper place, so that you can sit in the front row. And Jesus wants you to sit in your rightful place. Not because of your ability, not because of your works, not because you're so cute, uh, although some of you are disappointed by that. But the reason why he wants you to sit in the front row is because his grace has come down to you. And he says, I love you no matter what. And there's nothing you can do to make me love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make me love you less. Just sit in the front row where I have chosen to seat you. You see, folks, it's by grace, not by works. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. And God raised up with Christ. And God raised us up. God raised you. God raised me up with Christ. And watch this. And seated us with him. Say what? He seated me with Christ. I mean, I don't belong there. I don't deserve that. I'm not enough. And on and on and on. Are you kidding me? You're right. You don't belong there. I don't belong there. Uh, We didn't earn anything. And yet he puts us there in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You see, folks, this is the thing. The spirit of God has been tapping on some of your shoulders recently and the spirit of god is saying check your ticket check your ticket son check your ticket daughter you haven't been sitting where i've called you to sit i need you courtside 
I need you on the front row. And today, for some of you, you know what that means? You need to serve. God's been tapping on your shoulder. Man, with the reopening coming, maybe I could serve. And he's tapping and he's saying, yeah, that's it. Some of you, you need to take a step of faith. God's been tapping on your shoulder to step out in faith, to start giving financially to the church. And you're like, yeah, I've never really thought about it. No, no, no. He wants you in the front row. He wants you to be the one to take the first step. Some of you have been called to step out and to start a ministry. God is saying today to each one of you, I need you on the front row. I died so that you could be on the front row. I died so you could use all of your abilities and talents that I've given to you. I need you in your rightful place. This is what I want you to know today, folks. Jesus Christ has chosen you. And the question is, will you sit in the place that he has for you? Let's pray. Father, I uh, come to you right now and I pray for every single person who's watching. Show them their rightful seat, God. Show them their ticket. Show them the seat that you have for them. And give us right now, God, the courage and the strength and the ability to walk to the seat that you've called for us. God, would you speak to us right now by your voice? Whatever the Holy Spirit is telling each one of you, listen to it now and go to that rightful seat. You know, I was thinking about it this week, and for some of you, you've never made a commitment to Christ before. The reason is, is you never thought you were good enough. You never thought you were worthy enough to sit in the front row. You always kind of saw yourself more as a back row person, a person on the aisle, someone who wasn't on the front. And yet today, Jesus is calling you. He's asking you to sit in the rightful seat that he has for you. And do you know all that it takes for you to sit in the seat that Jesus has for you? To simply say, Jesus, I turn away from the sins that I know and I turn toward you. I turn away from the sins that I know and I turn toward you. You And today, if you're ready to say, Jesus, I need you in your li- my life. I want you in my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Give me a second chance. Jesus, help me to have the seat that you have given to me. I'm ready to sit in it. I'm ready to do that. I simply invite you to repeat a prayer after me. And it's not a prayer just for you, but for all of us, whatever room you're in right now, God has a seat for you and he's calling you to pray out this prayer. And so I invite you to simply repeat it after me. Just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for saving a seat for me through your son, Jesus. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died 
and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, today, if uh, you said that prayer for the very first time, I want you to know that all of heaven is celebrating with you. And if you would, just kind of, you know, tap on that raise hand if you want to, or you can go to the link that is right under me, and you can uh, talk to somebody, and they'd love to encourage you. If you need prayer for anything, they would do that. Uh, they would love, any of our hosts would love to do that as well. And uh, next week, folks, we're reopening. So when you come here, come here early. Uh, Be nice. We may not do it perfectly. So be nice. Whatever seat you're in, sit there because that's the seat that God wants to speak to you in. If you're uh, continuing to start uh, working or you are working, stay safe. Know that we love you. We're praying for you. Have a great week and know that you are loved in the room that you're in and next week in this place that God has given to us. Have a great week, everybody.